Though most people would immediately dismiss the idea that humanity is and has been purposely manipulated at all levels, more and more evidence is coming forward to show that this may just be the case. In our first interview, Australian physician and healer Dr. Marie Batchelor touched on some of these ideas. But in this, our part two, where we caught up with Marie all the way in Mumbai, India, she had a lot more to say about the historical assault on humanity, and moreover, how despite the continued proliferation of mass perception, we can navigate, activate, and finally evolve as a species. Marie, thanks so much for coming back to continue our discussion. I'm so uh, delighted that you were able to come back so quickly. And just so everyone knows, Marie was kind enough to accept my invitation to come right back on the show, even while traveling to India. She's currently in Mumbai for a bit of rejuvenation and retreat. And uh, I would love it, Marie, if you might share, because this is re relevant, your being there will be relevant to uh, the conversation that we're going to get into today, and that's about the, the extraordinary work that you're doing. But can you tell us a little bit about what you're experiencing there right now? Um, well, um, well, first of all, thank you for having me back on, Alexis. It's um, great to have another conversation with you. Um, look, what I experience when I come to India is a different um, frequency. I'm just so aware of being immersed in, in a higher frequency that just makes me feel more connected um, than when I'm in my normal home environment. It's not to say that when I am in that environment that I can't connect, it just seems more, it just seems to happen with more ease and grace here. Mm -hmm. um, I'm certainly enjoying um, spending some time in some of the temples that hold great energies, like a portal, really. Sitting mm -hmm. in them can be um, a great way of connecting beyond this matrix. And, um, and, and they feel really benevolent, really benevolent. And with my sort of discernment, I just feel um, that there is something really special about these places here in India. Well, you know, there, there's a big backstory uh, to sort of these these things that you're picking up on that I, I would like you to touch on. And, and I know that uh, you have discussed this before, really the epiphany and the opening that came to you uh, based on your first trip to India. But maybe you could give a little bit of background for our audience members that, that are not familiar with how this all happened for you um, in India and being zapped on the head. <laughs> I know we touched yeah. on that just a little bit, but you talk about the benevolent beings and portals uh, being at least more readily uh, accessible and perhaps more of them being in that area. So maybe you could elaborate a little bit on that, uh, Marie. And mm -hmm. then I want to get into how you are now taking all of that benevolent energy and using it to heal your patients and your clients. Sure. So um, as we touched on last time, my initial awakening happened in 2008 and after um, some years, up till 2014, I was studying um, all sort of um, religions and looking at the mystical side and what, what was really connecting um, through the religions at that higher level. And I was then led to um, visit at a small village about an hour um, 
east of Mumbai, a village called Ganeshbury, because of a great being that was buried in the temple there. Now, at this point, when I went on this journey, I didn't realise that the great beings were actually galactic beings embodied in human form. Mm. So I thought that I was going to visit this temple that had this great being that I thought was just a human that was somehow um, embodying frequencies, I guess, and performing great miracles and healings in the time that they were alive on the planet. And I didn't really have any understanding of what the frequency, how the frequencies could still be permeating through the temple and through the village. And so when I arrived there, I was quite um, amazed at the level of frequency that was permeating through the village. It was absolutely palpable and I felt amazing as soon as I got there. And the closer I got to the temple, the more prominent the energy was. And it's interesting, I've taken a few people back there since my visit and, and even driving from Mumbai to the town of Ganeshbury, the closer we get to the town, the more they actually experience physical symptoms of energy running through their, running through their system. Hmm. So, um, and I've, you know, I even noticed them sort of twitching and shaking or they'll become quite emotional and their heart will open and they'll, they'll experience things as they get closer to the village without even setting foot in the temple. These, and these are people though, um, you know, they're ripe, they're ready, they're open, they're receptive. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, it's, it's been quite an amazing experience, but, um, back to your question about, you know, about, um, what actually happened to me when I went into the temple back in November in 2014, I had this moment where I just got this, what I call a zap on the head, where I had a rush of energy pour from my head through my whole body. Mm. And from that moment on, I just felt different. My, I just, how would I describe it? I just felt more open, more vibrant, more alive and more connected. I didn't have the understanding of what was actually taking place and that actually catapulted me into what I would say, what I call cosmic consciousness. And I went home just knowing that something big had happened and that I felt completely different about myself and about the world. That experience took some months to integrate. I didn't have the language or really the, the deep understandings of what had taken place, but that, that unfolded for me over the following months. It, unfortunately, it was quite a difficult time um, from the point of view of my family. Um, they couldn't understand what was happening to me and I wasn't making great sense to them of what was going on. And they were actually concerned that I was having some sort of psychiatric illness. Um, and of course, I knew that I wasn't. And when I had spoken to psychologists at the time, they certainly didn't think that I was having any psychiatric problem. Mm -hmm. But of course, these experiences are not understood by mainstream, certainly not understood by Western society, and certainly not understood, you know, in, in the mainstream world that I had come from. So this energy that was going through my body was was literally rewiring my emotions and my um, thoughts and, and even my physical body. 
it was quite incredible. I actually had times where I was noticing some back pain and discomfort. And over some weeks, I noticed that I'd had a slight, um, how would I describe, a slight sort of um, a curvature of, the, of my shoulders that had completely released. That, that sort of hunched up back that I, I must mm. have held from being a child. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't excessive, but I, it, like the weight of the world, I was carrying that on my shoulders. Had Literally. Been mm. Yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, so my back straightened up. I noticed just even slight facial changes had taken place. And, um, yeah, just, and, and, you know, just subtle things. My diet changed. I, I just um, felt very different about the world, about people and about myself. I went through a lot of emotional shedding. I was, you know, finding times where I would just be crying and releasing and really without a lot of story to it. Mm. So I really just integrated this, this energetic process over probably 12 months. And then that led me into the work that I'm now doing where I'm able to embody these frequencies and use them to activate other people and actually mm-hmm. clean off what I call their programming and their, um, you know, the things that are sabotaging them in their lives, mm-hmm. either emotionally or mentally. Now, this is connected to their past lives. It's connected to karma, um, to vows and contracts theirs and their family lineage. After some time, I started to realise too that this karma that we talk about has also been manipulated and we have been tricked into bringing some of this forward into our life and that is actually sabotaging us and needs cleaning off. So I do the work on those levels. I also look at um, people's um, programming from their, their family upbringing from their society that they're in, from the matrix controlling them through television or through um, society's expectations or um, just other ways that people have been educated into the way they, to the way they think about themselves that hasn't been particularly helpful. Mm-hmm. I also use the energies to clean off um, technologies that have been coming in and being used on people to shut, shut what- people down. Let's talk about that for, for a minute. There are a couple of things that I, I'd like to pick up on, but I do want you to elaborate on the what you've described as perhaps artificial intelligence that's been implanted in more people than they know or we know. Um, mm-hmm. But you had just said something else that I wanted to... Oh, quick question, and then I would like you to, to, to go back to the AI or the technology that's been implanted. Marie, mm-hmm. did you know... Now, you're, you're immediately zoning in on the fact that when you when you decided to do this work, it seemed as if you were picking up on the fact that there was a programming, that there is a matrix, that there is something that needs to be cleaned. Is this something mm-hmm. that you realized immediately going into this work, or is this something that has sort of revealed itself to you over time? In other words, we're going back to the shadow a little bit. We're going to have to. We're going to have to do that. I think we're going to. It's mm-hmm. to intertwine both shadow and light and understanding the bigger picture here. But when you first realized that this is the work that you were to be doing, did you approach it from this standpoint of knowing that there is something to be cleared and programming to be cleared? 
or did this? Look, come- I, I, I understood that there was a level of programming that needed to be cleaned off people. And I, that, that came to me very early on, mm-hmm. but it was over time that the depth of what I needed to clean off people was, was revealing itself. And that was coming to me in downloads. And this is what I found fascinating is that I started during the process that I do with people saying things like, I'm cleaning off vows and contracts, spells and curses. Mm. And I'm thinking this language is really out there. And I, I didn't really understand from my, my left brain why I was saying this. And this was information that had been downloaded to me. And I noticed that when I was saying these things, that people would have a physical reaction or an emotional reaction or they'd feel energetic shifts in their bodies. And I thought, okay, so I'm onto something here. Hmm. And, and then it led me to understand, wow, we have been tricked into bringing forward some of these energetic signatures that are sabotaging and keeping us in the in, in controlled. It is one method of controlling us and shutting us down from our natural state. So it it some of it was evident at the beginning, but it became uh, it started to reveal itself more and more the, as I progressed with my work. Interesting. So mm. yeah, and and in my own personal experience. Sure. So you know, so I then sort of realised the level that people are really manipulated and controlled through the karmic experiences, through the family lineage karma that I was describing before. That also led me to understand, and I was downloaded with this, that the whole reincarnation will was actually a trick as well, that we were being fed back as souls, not actually being released above the matrix system, but actually staying within this matrix system and being fed back embodied again into a human physicality but carrying programming and so I started to understand that cycle as well so it it, you know I was being it was coming to me and this was what was amazing is I was getting this understanding without researching it it would come to me and then later on I would find out that other people had touched on these subjects or were exploring these subjects and I wasn't the only one understanding this and that was what was that was amazing for me because initially when I was going wow what had happened to me and you know trying to make sense of it but then realizing other people were understanding the same things as me was really heartening. I think this is fascinating this is probably the most uh, effective way to corroborate your own experience I mean look oftentimes those of us that have had sort of uh, transformational experiences where we really don't know what's happening. It's so powerful. Um, although I do think that they can be, they can vary from person to person. But when you get what we often refer to as downloads, uh, mm. you and I have talked about that offline with my own uh, transformational experience, and I'm still trying to <laughs> trying to dissect. Uh, but the, as left brain human beings, you know, uh, at least part of us, you question the origin and you question, of course, the authenticity. But then when you go out into the world and you find, you know, uh, absent of research, you're getting this information. You said that's very, very key. Mm -hmm. And then you're Mm -hmm. going out and it's almost as if you're then finding perhaps, uh, you know, book material and lectures and yes, YouTube videos that are corroborating, uh, almost Mm -hmm. like they're magnetizing themselves to you as if to say, yes, you're on the right track. And yes, there is something really uh, legitimate and significant going on here. So I think that's powerful. I've heard you talk, uh, given uh, 
in other interviews where you, you talked about these downloads and, um, but I didn't really necessarily know to what extent you had researched it from an exoteric or, you know, surface level mm. reading about it. Mm. So this is powerful. I think that's very, very interesting. Yeah. And I, and I think what's interesting too, as this level of information was coming to me and it was obviously coming to other people all over the world, mm-hmm. that there's something too about this time on the planet that people are having access to this information in a way that wasn't possible before. And this is where I think that there is a thinning of the veil and that yes. there, there is benevolent help and that, that we are getting, you know, people are getting the same information on, on different sides of the world. And, and that's amazing to me that mm-hmm. this, is a, this is, you know, it's evidence of the, the process of us evolving and waking up. Right. And, right. Um, yeah, I, I find it fascinating. And, you know, another area that was downloaded to me and I was starting to speak this during the process that I do with people and I was saying I'm cleaning off the nanotechnology. Yes, I'm so cleaning, let's talk about in, that. Yeah. You know, and I'm cleaning off the heavy metals, the mercury, the aluminium and the lead. I'm cleaning off um, plasma technology devices, iconic plasma devices. And I was thinking the, these words were not part of my vocabulary. Where was this coming from? And I again noticed that people were having reactions and, and things were starting to happen to them energetically when I would say those words. And then I understood that this was also taking place to block people from receiving the light and actually, you know, returning them or or actually feeling their sovereignty of who Mm -hmm. they're supposed to be on the planet. So what, I'm sorry, go ahead. ahead. So it, it, it then started to form this picture for me of who we're supposed to be on the planet and what has actually been done to us in many ways of programming all technologies to block us from this sovereignty of feeling peace, love, joy, well-being, self-healing as, as our baseline. That's mm-hmm. who we are. And if we, look, and if we look around, the, you know, the humanity lives in a state of fear I think that that everybody runs a low-level um, post-traumatic stress disorder type syndrome, if not a high level of that, unaware where half the stress has come from because, of course, it's come from karmic patterns that have, and then we've been mind-wiped. So you're actually feeling these anxieties, not really sure why, and then, of course, you're experiencing things in the matrix from the fear that is generated Mm-hmm. And so you can understand that we are really being sabotaged, manipulated and, and taken away from our natural, our natural way of being. I find it interesting that you're bringing up the, you know, ridding people of the heavy metals. Um, mm-hmm. What you're saying mm-hmm. is that the heavy metals are part and parcel, where I should ask the question, are, are the heavy metals that are, in, that are being absorbed by the body by a myriad <laughs> uh, form yep. of uh, assault, that the heavy metals themselves are actually part of the program to block people from their sovereignty is what you're saying. Physical, psychological, emotional, and particularly spiritual. Is that that what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. I think Mm. that these heavy metals get in and actually cause destruction and damage and block our DNA Mm -hmm. and, and poison 
Oh, absolutely. We know that it's physically bad for you, but I'm thinking more from a, from a evolutionary and a spiritual uh, growth perspective that they could actually be inhibiting the, uh, the spiritual, the or the auric field even from, from growing. Um, Now we've heard Marie of the pineal gland being calcified and the various Mm -hmm. forms of what may be causing that, not the least of which is fluoride in the water. I know that there's a lot more, the calcification of that Mm -hmm. area. And it has been postulated by some that that too has been part of a program. In other words, this is fluoride in the water is not just something that uh, they feel is in our best interest, but with full knowledge of the fact that it is perhaps blocking uh, an area that will help us grow. What are, you, mm-hmm. what are your perspectives? Now we're getting, sure, we're getting a little conspiratorial, but we might as well go there. And how did all of this happen? Who's, who and what is behind this? Yeah. Look, <laughs> I, I, I think that, again, you know, the way that my own process unfolded and the way that I then started dealing with people that were coming to see me and the words that were coming out of my mouth, and saying, I'm cleaning off the block from your third eye, the technologies, the fluoride, the calcification, that this was being done to people to prevent them mm-hmm. from, um, from further spiritual expansion. And I don't think that there's any um, accidents. I think that this is being done to us on purpose. I, I just believe that you know, when I talk about these great beings that were walking on the planet and they had this ability to experience bliss and joy and love and actually heal other people, and I started to think, why are they the only ones that have this ability to do that? Mm. Why isn't this everybody? And then I realised it should be everybody. This should be available to all of us. This is who we all are. But what is it about? The, the 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 population that means that the majority of people don't get to feel even a sniff of this in their daily lives something's going on we are manipulated and controlled suppressed yeah. and dare i say it enslaved into this system however as i have said many many times there is a way out and the way out is by getting these frequencies into us to clean off the sabotage and activate the dormant DNA so that we can start to live from our sovereignty. Mm -hmm. This is what, of course, Mary Rodwell, as you all know, has talked about so much in terms of the new children that are coming in, the new humans that are coming in uh, and the coming in with more DNA strands activated. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is a, this is nothing to sneeze at folks. This is something pretty serious. And we've heard the the, the buzzwords of, you know, dormant, not just dormant DNA, but junk DNA. Mm -hmm. More and more people like yourself are finding that, finding out that that is not the case at all, not junk DNA at all, but actually um, additional strands that we were meant perhaps to, to be using. And uh, this, for whatever Uh, reason this period of time this is the time to do it so let's talk a little bit more about if you don't mind going into the process Mm -hmm. if someone were to come in uh to to see you and i know that you also do um activation and healing work via skype and other uh internet Mm -hmm. platforms which is a great thing and i i believe that certainly can happen because of uh, the brilliance of technology um, and mm-hmm. the, the strength of what it is you're doing. We're talking about a non-local phenomenon as well, right? We're talking about remote yep. healing. But if you could, Marie, go into a little bit of 
the process of how you would be, begin to tap into an individual to start to uh, clean them and awaken them. Mm-hmm. So what I find amazing is the minute uh, I get on the session with the person, um, either on Skype or actually if I'm sitting in front of them, the energy just starts to come through and it starts to build. And I notice that the energy is coming in and around me and then starts to actually move through the person that I'm working with. And depending again on their ability to feel, which I, which is interesting, Alexis, because we are not taught to feel. We're yes. taught to go into our mind. And so a lot of my work is trying to teach people to feel what's actually happening to them energetically, what's actually happening to them emotionally, and then resolving problems through the, you know, using energy and feeling. And um, so I think that's, that's another interesting point is that people really, a lot of people come to me and find it even difficult to feel. Mm. And, and that's, that's part of the process that really does need to unfold. However, the energies that are, that are coming forth are so profound that people will start to feel tingling happening up their legs, up their spine through the top of their head or around their body and they'll notice that there's things that are shifting or pains will come up and start releasing. Um, so what I would do is I would, look, I would sit with the person, I would hear their story about what's troubling them. A lot of people are coming to see me because they've been on a journey of awakening for many years but they feel particularly blocked at this point in time. And I don't, again, I don't think there's any um, accidents there. I think that there's a ramping up of the technologies to block the process. And um, so I'll, I'll listen to their story and then I'll bring the, the energies in. And, and even in some of the, the counselling that I do, the, the vibration of the words will start to shift people and, and bringing in the concepts and the understandings of actually changing the perspective from the human self-concern to the larger part of who we really are. So when you change the perspective into this multi-dimensional being that we are in truth and look at this human vessel for what it is, the one incarnation that's here to actually enjoy itself on the planet by embodying the multi-dimensional frequencies, just even those concepts start to change the perspective of what is troubling a person Mm -hmm. because they release a lot of their, the story, the drama from the human perspective. Is that making sense? Absolutely makes sense. Absolutely. It's particularly coming, starting with the base of tapping into feeling, you know, this is another word that's sort of been stigmatized. I think back of, you know, when my parents or my mother particularly used to say, think with your head, not with your heart. Now Mm. we're talking about, you know, there's, there's sort of a, um, oh, it's somewhat not metaphorical, but it's symbolic. And yet it's also literal, as we know, the research that's being done on the intelligence of the heart and its ability to be a sender and receiver, a transmitter, essentially. So it's its own intelligence and yet, mm-hmm. you have to wonder, was that known by some 
many years ago, hence the reason why the promotion of thinking with your head versus your heart, ergo, letting go of the feeling. The feelings don't matter. And yet what you're saying is that the feelings are the basis for everything that's to come afterwards in, in terms of the healing. Yeah, so absolutely. And, and I think the thing, well, the thing is, it's, initially it's about feeling deeply your emotion and then absolutely. going even, and then going beyond that to feeling the energy. Mm -hmm. Because once you get to that energetic feeling, that then can be used to release the emotion. And so we don't even need to go through, you know, uh, finally picking apart all the karma. You can actually just drop blocks of it Mm -hmm. by just bringing in this energy to shift the emotion. So it's, it's really such a fast process as well, which I think is also interesting given the time that we are on the planet and the assistance that I believe we are getting to wake up, mm-hmm. that, that we can clean off a lot, of, a lot of things in one session. It doesn't have to be a prolonged um, process. You know, it's so much faster than, say, you know, psychotherapy that can take, you know, so many sessions to painfully right. excavate everything. This, is, this can be very quick. Um, and also what I notice is that I'm cleaning off what I call parasitic thought forms. The fact that we seem to have ruminating thought forms that take us into the past with either, either grief, loss, shame, um, you know, doubt about what we've done in the past, the decisions we've made, or we're taken into our future with these parasitic thought forms that, that make us feel anxious about what's going to happen to us. Are we going to be safe? Are we going to be um, healthy? Are we going to be financially abundant? And we, we really ruminate away from the present moment, the now moment that holds the frequencies And I think, isn't it interesting that we do have these, what I call parasitic thought forms that take us away from the present moment. And most of these thoughts are are useless. They are really just making people feel anxious and unhappy. So when we start to clear those off and focus on getting into a now moment, people feel a lot of healing just in that. And then teaching people to actually not consent any longer to what's being done to them. So the minute that you feel a level of self-concern, fear or anxiety, understand it's not coming from your natural state, that it is some form of sabotage, either Mm. through a karmic program or a program that you picked up in this lifetime or through technologies. Or all the above, all the above, I would say. Well, absolutely. And just by stating, I don't consent to this, I don't want this done to me. You know, I don't agree to this. You need to stop this. It's interesting how much of it will actually switch off. You've said that before. And I think that's worth repeating uh, for everyone because, you know, we tend to think that getting, shedding all of these layers of karmic influence perhaps and, and even just surface problems is a complex affair. What you're saying is it can be instantaneous, even with the power of your, your, your vocal cords, your voice. I, I advocate people saying out loud, you know, absolutely, um, because that sends a frequency into the environment and it, I'm sure reverberates, has, it has an effect. Um, oh my gosh, there's so many things I want to ask you. Let's talk about, let's go back to uh, Marie, the artificial intelligence that may be uh, being 
implanted in people. What downloads have you gotten? Specific downloads have you gotten in that regard? When you say so, intelligence, yeah. So, um, well, I started to use the words nanotechnology. Mm-hmm. And that I was removing the nanotech, I was removing the the insertions that had been made to the DNA, the genetic manipulation that had taken place either, um, you know, eons ago through alien manipulation or through um, insertion of uh, toxins and, and, you know, through chemtrails, etc., that were actually manipulating at a genetic level the DNA. So these things were just being downloaded to me and I was starting to sort of say this as part of the process when I was doing the, when I'm doing the energy work. Um, I also uh, talk about um, these iconic plasma devices. Now this word started coming out of my mouth and I noticed that people would say a lot of, you know, some of the patients that can actually see uh, the work, I, I don't see it, I know it and feel it, but some people, as you know, can actually see things Mm -hmm. in the other dimensions and they would say wow when you said that an actual device just hopped off my chest really stood stood up in front of me veiled as me and said you will never get rid of me I'm part of you so I recognized that as I was using these words that there really was a power in them and that it was actually releasing people from these implanted technologies, devices, and even entities. So the downloads were coming. I was using the language and people were getting clear responses from it and feeling a relief. I don't know. I can't remember if I mentioned last time when I was speaking with you on the, um, the last interview that we, ha- that we had mm-hmm. where a patient was saying that um, they, you know, they started to feel nauseated as I was trying to release some of the technologies, one person even felt they needed to vomit. It's that powerful as they're releasing some of this stuff that is so deeply enmeshed in their very being. It almost sounds like an energetic exorcism. That's the, and, I, and I don't mean that facetiously at all, but it, in a sense, that's what you're doing. You're, you're exercising an energy out of the both the I would imagine the physical as well as the energetic body. Yeah, yeah. I that's think really that, something. Um yeah, that is a really, you know, that is a really good way to describe it. And it and it feels sometimes so sci-fi. I feel like, wow, where is this all you know, how is this all happening from my left brain? But I see the results. People are feeling it. I feel the energies. I watch people actually physically react. And, and what's also interesting is the fact that people will see me shape-shifting as I'm yes. doing this work. I've heard so you talk I, about that. Talk about yeah. getting into that a little bit, if you would. So what, when I'm embodying these frequencies, I'm going into different dimensions and it's becoming evident the holographic nature of the reality that we live in mm-hmm. and the fact that we're not actually solid. And so people are seeing this when I'm doing the work in Skype and in person. They're actually noticing that I will become um, an Indian. That In fact, I'll often take on the form of Bhagwan Ichananda, who's the great being that was buried in the temple in India. Mm-hmm. Or I'll take on the um, appearance of Ananda Ma, another realised female being from India. Um, or I'll be a Chinese man or 
an ancient Egyptian. I've even been known to be um, some animal figures. And people say they're all, they feel very benevolent, very loving. And these essences seem to come through me and reveal themselves at the time of, that I'm doing the energy work. So that's, that's quite an incredible thing for people to see. I was doing a um, talk the other day up in Sydney in front of a large audience and I actually, um, a couple of people came up and said I actually disappeared in the chair for them, that they just said that they looked and the chair was empty. And so it's to do with the frequencies and it's to do with this by locating into the different dimensions and therefore what, what people see is old, you know, becomes altered. So um, as sometimes when I'm doing the work, they'll notice that the room will actually disappear or the furniture will actually change and they'll, and they'll see, see different, um, different visions of, of the location that we're in, which brings me to this understanding too that when we talk about the new earth, we're talking about this earth but in different dimensions, different mm-hmm. frequencies that are available, that are overlaid on top of each other but it's, so it's not a different actual physical location as some as as more of a dimensional frequency location agreed agreed i'm so glad you brought up i don't know if we brought up the, the holographic model in our last talk but my audience knows every chance i get yeah. i'll bring it up because i think it's such a powerful uh powerful model for reality not just a model but perhaps a, a closer to what we're actually experiencing and I, I recall an interview that Michael Talbot, who wrote The Holographic Universe, uh, a story that he told about, I believe he was going to see his physician, and he, I'm trying to remember if it was a physician that had a migraine. It was a physician that had a migraine, and Michael Talbot came into the doctor's office and said, I can't, see, I have to tell you, I can't see you. And the physician said, well, you can't see me. That's interesting. I have a migraine. So he realized, Michael Talbot realized that when people were in a different physical condition or or even, you know, um, well, I guess chemical or physical condition, that their appearance would change. In this case, he disappeared. And this was all told in the context of the brain processing reality as, as a hologram and the fact that the universe itself may be a hologram. So I find that quite interesting and again bringing up the the thinning of the veil and i've used that expression frequently because it does seem although you know we have sort of this physical picture this veil or quarantine even dividing us between everything else but i think it is to say that somehow for some reason right now that veil is is really just uh is it's going away yeah yeah. Well, I think I think that pe- and you know people are being activated. The veil is thinning. Mm-hmm. People are being activated. They're getting these abilities to actually see these re- the reality for what it is. So people, you know, particularly while I'm doing the work, I'm so receptive now and actually um, able to tap into the holographic nature and see these things. Mm-hmm. I've had people say, "Wow, since you started talking to me." I feel like I'm looking at a computer program of of reality and they will start laughing. So they'll come in feeling depressed and within 10 minutes literally push their head back and say, 
this is a joke. It's actually a computer program. Well, you now know. those words have come out of people's mouth. They I believe see it. it. They did, see it. Yeah. We did a show a, a month or so, maybe a couple of months ago with uh, Linda Moulton Howe when I was out in California with her on the whole idea of the universe as a computer simulation. And I think that mm-hmm. is a very, very strong uh, theory, very strong postulate that is in alignment, again, with the, uh, the holographic model. This is something I wanted to ask you. Speaking of people having, getting these some, sometimes seemingly arbitrary glimpses of something mm-hmm. that would resemble more of a virtual reality versus a physical reality. I've, I've covered this quite a bit on the show. And this whole phenomenon, Marie, I'm sure you've heard of people seeing 1111 and variations of 11. And mm. this is a question that I have now. Are you familiar? Are you familiar with the phenomenon? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I absolutely. Probably nobody that isn't at this point, even those that mm. aren't into this sort of thing, because they're seeing it so much. They know that there's something going on, but just can't put their finger on what's driving mm. it. And mm. here's the question that I'd like to pose to you that I have pondered uh, mm-hmm. at times. When you think of the number 11 or one even, and you look at the binary code that our computers are made up of, and some mm. even postulate that our reality, if mm. it is a computer simulation, well, guess what? There's some aspect of code. And if it's binary mm. code that's behind it, what is that made up of? Zeros and ones. Mm, interesting. And, isn't it? And I've looked at images of, and I'm by no means an expert on binary code at all, but in looking at the images and you see the clusters of ones together, you see a lot of 1111, 111 mm. and combinations thereof. Could it be that the reason mm. why so many on the planet right now are, you know, serendipitously seeing this number so frequently is that in fact the veil is thinning and more are seeing the computer nature or the simulated mm. nature of reality? Could that mm. have something to do with it? Wow. Well, I love this. I, I think that that could well have something to do with it. Or is it that we are being guided to look at the time at, mm. you know, 11.11 that triggers something in us, a remembrance of that, that binary code, as you say, so that it's actually helping so that we understand that symbols and frequencies are what is activating a lot of our um, remembrance of our truth. And so if this 11, if we're sort of being uh, guided to look at the clock at 11.11, so is, you know, do, do, is that a feedback loop that's actually mm. then acting as an activator? Sure. That's also a very good point. And, you know, there are people that are, I, I think the bigger conversation, Marie, now is just repeated numbers. Because I've, I've had audience members sure. reach out to me and say, I'm seeing 333 and 2222 and 1234. So it may not just be the 11 uh, yeah. early, but the fact that the numbers are taking on more of a significance in uh, sort of uh, coming out as a language that people are understanding. So uh, I have a friend who, who's constantly seeing 44 and wow. not into this stuff at all, but he brought it to my attention. He says, Alexis, I, look, I, let me just show you. I, yeah. Everywhere I go, it's license plates, it's receipts, and of course, wow. box. So wow. I think that too is... Look, I, I think it's all just giving us more and more understanding and evidence of the computer reality that we live in. 
and and it's um it's happening to more and more people and as you say people who are not even necessarily into this or or necessarily that awake and so it's very exciting because these are this is nudging us forward nudging us as humanity forward into understanding what our reality really is right so very exciting it is exciting. exciting it is exciting and you know again it's um these are controversial subjects because we are weaving in a bit of the shadow. But again, I think in order to understand how brilliant the light is, you have to take a look at what has atrophied in us or what has caused the atrophying of our own light. Um, so, you know, this is just, this is, it is an incredible time. It's an exciting time. And I, I don't think that we need to be looking necessarily at the, the dark little corners of life, which are, which are there. Um, as the only thing. It's, it's the totality of the experience. And what seeing the darkness may nudge us to yeah. be at our best. Uh, yeah. So apparently you've integrated that so beautifully into, into yeah. the work that you're doing. Do, let me ask you this. With the patients, do you refer to them as patients, by the way, or, or clients or both? Well, both. It's interesting okay. because, because my, of course, from my mainstream medical practice, anyone that was seeing me was a patient. And so I find that I use both okay. patients so and client. Yeah. yeah. So the question I wanted to ask you, Marie, in terms of the healing work that you're doing with a, a given patient, and forgive me if I'm putting you on the spot here, but in terms of the, how these activations are sustained, uh, are mm -hmm. you finding that now? I know that you haven't been doing this for too, too long, but have mm -hmm. you been able to kind of measure whether these things are sticking, or do people have to come in? You know, yeah. Repeatedly? Well, yeah. Well, great question. What I've noticed is that it's variable depending on individuals. So some people will have one process and be like literally have a Kundalini activation. And they're mm -hmm. set off. And so that, again, that, that will take some integration. And what I find is that some people will like to contact me um, after a few months to just have a further upgrade or an integration of what, they, what they've been experiencing. But a lot of people will report that since the last session, I've, I've felt so much more peaceful. I've been able to cope with my job or my relationship um, or when you when um, you cleaned off that that program that trigger that I held in my relationship, I'm now no longer scared of heights. Now those mm. things stick. So that the relationship improvement and the, and then the peeling off of the the no longer being scared of heights um, that will stick. But what people find is a, another layer will appear, and they want further cleaning up or further assistance oh. for that other layer. So some people will just have one session and say, well, that's enough. That sort of set me up. I, I sort of understand these concepts and they'll do more of the, the work themselves. Other people call on me for ongoing what I call spiritual hygiene mm -hmm. so that we're mm -hmm. not only clearing off another layer of their programming but also keeping them clean from the constant bombardment that we're surrounded by. So, mm -hmm. you know, so it's variable. But, but... But people report, you know, since that session, I have no, I have not been the same. I haven't looked back. I feel so much better. I feel more peaceful. I've noticed I'm connecting to energies. People will experience um, greater perception of the multidimensional reality. Mm -hmm. They'll see orbs or beings or, um, you know, so, so they're, they're definitely activated and sustaining 
the process. Wow. That is really something. So, so there's a sort of a maintenance program along with the initial upgrading. There's, there's, well, if we're being bombarded constantly, which there's no doubt that we are, I would imagine that we would need to keep, yeah, keep yeah. upgrading, if you will. But, but as I say to people, you know, look, we're all capable of doing this and it's just like it is building up as building up a muscle, building up a strength that you, that you learn using your mind, your emotions and, and understandings of who we really are to quickly turn away from that that's, being, that's manipulating you. And actually, as I said, no longer consenting to it. But it's the awareness. It's really quickly remembering who you are in truth and bringing in that awareness Mm -hmm. and actually applying that when you're caught in the drama, caught in the chaos, being triggered or having an illness or so forth. The remembrance of who you are in truth and changing the perspective from the lower dimensional um, fear into a higher um, more expanded awareness mm-hmm. will will bring in the peace and bring Beautiful. in the healing. Yeah, that's great. It is so well. I don't know. If comforting is. I guess it would be one word. When an individual realizes that we have so much power, we have so much light that is. It, it's never gone anywhere. It's simply mm-hmm. been covered. And that we are in control, and I do feel intently that we are so much more in control of bringing that light forward uh, than we realize. And as you yeah. said, remembering, remember, yeah, joining yeah. the greater family, remembering who we really are, and we, that's become a bit cliche lately. Uh, but it is, it is that. Um, and yet, when you think of all the programs that have done their damnedest to try to keep us from remembering, uh, it's no wonder it takes. It can take such a long time, but I love, I love, love, love what you're, what you're doing. Where else can we go from here? We're going to, we're going to wind down. I want everyone to reach out to Marie and, uh, and for those that haven't seen our uh, part one of our interview, please, please do, please do. So I'm so happy to, to say <laughs> we've got a crystal clear connection, even with, I guess she had to go to India <laughs> from Australia <laughs> to get there. She went just for, uh, so we could have this chat. <laughs> She's done well. I'll just go to India and then we'll connect. <laughs> well, I think I think it also shows though the perseverance. You know, when you're being when you're having the interference, you just say, "Okay, we keep on going. Let's right. plan part two. Absolutely. And you know, and I think that that's that's a, there's a message in that as well. Keep on applying. You know this focus on what it is you want, bring in those frequencies and just say, I'm, I'm getting on with this. Right. And this is, this is the attitude we need. Absolutely. And, um, and we are capable. And I think this is the really interesting thing. They've tricked us into believing that we're not, but us as embodied light frequencies in this physical costume here on the planet are the most powerful the most powerful beings that an end, that there can be. And that's the fear that the negative agenda has and these negative entities because when we wake up and realise how powerful we are, they will not hold the power over us right. at all. And they know it's came over, which is why they're Absol- probably absolutely. putting absolutely. so much muscle into it right now. It's- absolutely. So I yeah. think the key is that they've tricked us into forgetting who we really are Mm -hmm. and that's becoming the um 
that's becoming the, uh, sorry, somebody just walked through here in this little office and I'm still, just distracted me sorry about that so yeah so the power that we hold that they've tricked us out of remembering that and when we bring that remembrance in bringing in the frequencies into this physical vessel on this planet then yeah we're very powerful love it Mm. So again, I want everyone to go to Marie Bachelor, and I'm going to spell it. I have it right in front of me. <laughs> it's M A R E E B as in boy A T C H E L O R dot com. Question: Why do you have? Why do you not have dot au? I, I suppose you, you could have a dot com in Australia, but you typically see dot au, right? Did. Yeah, I don't know. That was set up by somebody in America, so oh, gotcha. that, that may sense. be that may be why. Yeah. Okay, that's so, just um, curious. Just curious. Yeah, yeah. And I, I know that you're you're becoming quickly in demand. As a matter of fact, one of our audience members wrote to me and says, "I have an appointment with Marie." Stephanie, and I believe you're going to be uh, doing a session with her soon. So I was really delighted to hear that. Uh, oh, fantastic. I just love what you're doing for, for humanity. You're a light bearer for sure. And the light is indeed bright. It always has been. You know, I have a little, I want to share a little uh, fun thing that I do uh, to myself. It's a little mantra that I have that mm-hmm. has to do with the sun and how beautiful the sun is. And whenever the clouds come in, regardless of the origin of how, how they mm-hmm. have come in, if you know what I mean, mm-hmm. I will say, oh, now I've got to try to remember it. It's a little mantra that I have. It says, come on, sunshine, come on through, because none of these clouds got nothing on you. Uh-huh. Beautiful. <laughs> I have said that, and I swear I have seen the clouds part. Come on, sunshine, come on through, because none of these clouds got nothing on you. Nothing Love can it. overshadow the light nothing absolutely and you are a testament to that my dear so i appreciate you oh thank you well just so lovely to um be able to have these conversations absolutely um, spread the word absolutely of the the truth yes and um yeah shine the light and and get this get this evolution of humanity happening yeah well with people like you around i think it will happen quite soon so again, Marie Bachelor, I'm going to say thank you and I'm going to say goodbye to the audience. But of course, I want you to stay on and so we can have a proper uh, good night. It'll be good night for you on where yeah. you are right now. But uh, thanks everyone for joining us. And don't forget, go to MarieBachelor.com to learn more about her great work. Thanks, Marie. Thank you. Physical, emotional, and most importantly, spiritual suppression. Based on Marie's ability to tune in, she's not only been able to glean that these tools of mass influence are real and happening on a daily basis, she's learned how to work with others to help them tap in and clean off. This is a huge effort, to say the least. This is life-changing. Not just for the individual she helps, but for the planet. Fortunately, there are more and more people who are now waking up to the idea of this mass suppression and are boldly taking steps to bring life back into alignment, like working with Marie to clean, clear, and activate that eternal spark that's laid dormant for far too long. If you're interested in working with Marie, you can reach her directly from her website, mariebachelor.com, of which we'll be sure to have a link on the Higher Journeys website. 
I hope you learned something valuable from this part two interview with Dr. Marie Batchelor. Thank you for tuning in and look forward to bringing you another thought-provoking episode of Higher Journeys. Until next time, I'm your host, Alexis Brooks.